I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday. Hope you're having a great uh, post Pioneer Day day. And uh, many of us have been complaining that it feels like a second Monday, but the good news is it's almost Friday. So we got that going for us. All right, I'm I'm really excited to have join us as I uh, always learn something from these conversations. Jenny Howe is uh, joining us and uh, always appreciate her insight on mental health and uh, all things around that. Jenny, how are you today? I'm good. I just flew in. I'm doing good. I'm a little tired, but I'm good. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> okay, good. You're you're with the rest of us in the slightly exhausted <laughs> front. Uh, those of you who are just joining us, Jenny Howe is a licensed therapist uh, with degrees in psychology and child and family studies, uh, regularly joins us to talk about uh, mental health in a host of different areas. And I wanted to tap into you today, Jenny, uh, as it relates to our teenagers and their cell phones, because what could yeah. possibly go wrong there? <laughs> Nothing at all. It's a completely dead topic I've never heard about in the media. <laughs> uh, so what are you seeing in, in your practice? Uh, you, you were a, a great tag team partner for the Deseret News and KSL uh, around uh, angst, teens, and anxiety, a great series, great resources there. What are you seeing in your practice? What are the things that we really need to keep top of mind uh, as parents with our teens and, and technology? Um, you know, such a great question and obviously something that's super prevalent that I see all the time in my practice with concerns from parents. Um, a, a couple of things. I recently encountered a study. I wish I could cite the source I can offhand, but it was a study on a large sample size of parents asking what they were most concerned about with their youth today. And in this study, it wasn't you know, drugs or all these other um, behaviors that generally in the past have been something that parents were worried about. It was actually electronic use. Uh, which was really interesting. And what that really shows is this generational gap between parents now and our children, because we are aware of a world where electronics haven't ever existed. And so in our framework, our children should be in a world where electronics have never existed. But our children have never grown up in that world. They have grown up in a world where they've been inundated with electronics. That's how we basically function in life now. Um, and so they don't have the same anxiety-provoked 
towards electronic use that we have as parents. So that's the first thing I try to explain to parents and, and kids and teens. And usually the kids and teens are like, thank you, you know, when we're in session <laughs> talking about this. But parents really need to understand that there is a very um, interesting generational gap there between anxiety and, and the use of electronics. Okay, let, let me, let me, uh, I just want to repeat that because that, I think that's important mm-hmm. for all of us to to think about as parents yeah. that that while as parents for us all of this technology stuff is a little stressful both learning it and getting into it but then also being disconnected from it whereas our teens mm-hmm. it may not be quite so stressful. Correct. Exactly. Um it, I don't think it's is stressful at all, to be honest with you. I think what happens is it becomes compulsive just because it produces those feel-good chemicals in our brain, just like any type of behavior that produces feel-good chemicals in the brain, whether it's exercise or working or anything, really. Um, And so what parents, you know, when it turns into a problem is when it becomes compulsive, when that becomes the only avenue to achieve joy or pleasure in your child or teen's life, then that's a problem. But the use of electronics, video games, um, Netflix, their phones, I'm kind of lumping everything together in this, that in and out of itself, as long as it's moderated, monitored, and you're teaching the skills of self-regulation to your child or teen, it's really not as much of a problem, I think, as we think it could be. Oh, I, I think that's such important insight. If you're just joining us, we have Jenny Howe, a licensed therapist, uh, degrees in psychology and child and family studies uh, giving us some great insight in terms of our teens and their electronics, their phones in particular. Uh, you, you talked about two things that kind of caught my eye. Uh, one, this uh, keeping it out of making sure that it's not compulsive behavior. And then I also want you to drill down, uh, if you can, for us on this idea of how do we help them self-regulate their use of the yeah. technology? Yeah, exactly. A compulsive behavior is something that we engage in almost without thinking. I mean, how many of you have, you know, pulled your cell phone out of your purse or out of your pocket just as you're sitting there waiting, you know, for your hamburger to be ordered at a restaurant rather than enjoying the surroundings or having a conversation with the person next to you? It's becoming rather compulsive, something we just initiate doing because of that quick burst of dopamine in our brain that's achieved when we do it, um, that's, that's when it becomes a problem. We're not able to, to regulate that, um, and we do it because it feels good rather than other things that feel good. So that's the compulsive nature of it. And that's when you start to see problems with kids and teens, like when you take the phone away and they literally cannot survive. That's a problem. That shows that they don't know how to find pleasure in other areas. And I have parents oftentimes come to me and say, okay, well, what do I do? This is all they want to do. This is what they like. And that's true. And it's it's not a bad thing. But what we want to do is give our children the ability to recognize and learn that there are other options in life that can provide pleasure as well. And I think sometimes as parents, we just assume that they know what to do, right? That, That we take their phone away and we're like, okay, go find to yourself. Well, Remember, they've grown up in a world, to come full circle here, that has always included electronics. So they don't have the same skill set that we did as children. And we need to provide them some of those options and choices to get them out and, and moving and engaging in pleasure in other ways as well. Okay. Again, if you're just joining us, we have Jenny Howe on the line. Uh, talking about our teens and technology, what's happening there. Uh, Jenny, we've got just about a, a minute left and, and just wanted to mm-hmm. 
uh, as we're going through the summer, it seems like as the summer goes on, the natural inclination to either the parents are just tired and so we just let yeah. the kids do what they want because we're exhausted. How do we keep exactly. teens properly engaged uh, through the back half of the summer here? Yeah, I think it's just really setting boundaries um, in your home and then obviously modeling those boundaries. It's never going to work, especially in an adolescent stage of development, if we're saying, hey, you know, you can only be on your phone two hours a day or whatever your family rules are, and then you're on your phone constantly, including the dinner table. Your kids are watching that. They'll pick up on the hypocrisy instantly, and it will become something that they engage in to also kind of get a rise out of you. And so really modeling healthy electronic use, modeling exercise, modeling going for a walk as a family, engaging them in other pleasure-provoking activities is really our responsibility as a parent. And so I think that's the setting kind of the framework for our children to learn those amazing skills of self-regulation and moderation that we are really frightened by with electronic use to remember lots of things in this world cause pleasure which is awesome right that's why we're alive not just electronics and so we just need to broaden their perspective a little bit more okay fantastic jenny howe thanks so much for joining us on inside sources today always appreciate your insight uh with mental health always thank you for having me boy all right When we come back, uh, we're going to be joined quickly by Senator Mitt Romney, who has just in the last hour put out a statement on his view of the budget proposal and what he thinks we should be focusing on as a country. Don't go anywhere. This is Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. In the summertime when it's so hot and sometimes just...